once again back once again back once again back once again back once again with a beat with the beat the kind of request that pleases god that's what we're going to be talking about today on the wisdom in all things podcast we're in a special series here on wisdom in all things observations from first kings first 11 chapters 1 through 11 that would be Solomon's missteps, misuses, and just plain misses. And while God is capable of granting our every request, he is especially pleased to grant our request for discernment and understanding. Solomon first worships God before humbly approaching him to ask not for fame or fortune, but to know right from wrong, so that he may lead God's people honorably. In our last podcast in this series, we will see God's response to Solomon's request for discernment and understanding, and how God can bless us beyond our expectation. If you've ever had to make a pitch before a boardroom of leadership, or even if you recall that season of your life when you had to explain your school report card to your parents, (laughs) you'll have what probably was the general unease Solomon felt after he made his request of Yahweh. It is now God's turn to let Solomon know what he thinks of his request. But we shouldn't be surprised by his answer, given Solomon's approach. Humility from a heartfelt devotion to God. God loves justice. Not necessarily, though, the way that we think about justice. He actually loves real justice. We find God's response to Solomon in 1 Kings 3, verse 10. Solomon didn't ask God what to do, but what to be. His request was, to be the kind of man that had a listening heart with an instinct for the truth that would walk down the wisest path. What Solomon requested, and the way that he requested it, is what pleased the Lord. In other words, Solomon nailed it. To provide us an even clearer understanding of what that was, God lists those things that are in direct contrast to Solomon's request for discernment and understanding. What God would not have been pleased by was if Solomon asked for a long life, or riches, or death of all his enemies. The list reads like what any person would ask a genie if they had three wishes. I wish for health, wealth, and stealth. When Solomon was given the chance to ask God for anything, he asked for discernment, literally hearing to understand justice. That one sentence should significantly shape our understanding of what it means to be wise. We are wise when we seek to know, then do what is right. And by right, it is meant that God's justice will be served, which brings this full circle. A humble heart that is freely and generously expressing its devotion to God is blessed with the ability to know right and wrong as it seeks to execute God's justice that is attributed to and a reflection of God's grace and love, which should humble us and lead us to a sincere worship of God. Because Solomon asked for what he did, God gave him a wise and discerning heart so that he was uniquely qualified and empowered in a way that only can be recognized as God's enablement to lead his people. We see this in verse 12, that it was God's intention to put true wisdom on display for the whole world. But God didn't stop there. As we seek first the kingdom of God, all the necessary parts are provided for us, Matthew 6, 33, and then some. For Solomon, that meant not only being given the most discerning mind for the sake of God's kingdom, but what he did not seek, honor and wealth. Solomon's request was for God's sake and not his own. And in response, God granted him his request and blessed him beyond what he expected. But, and there's always a but, had Solomon recalled his reading of the Torah, he might have sensed some familiarity with the condition that God presented him in verse 14. God says this, And if you walk in my ways, keeping my statutes 
and my commandments, as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. Doesn't it seem strikingly similar to what God said to Adam and Eve? Essentially, God permitted his abundance so long as they remained clear of that one tree. That was their butt. Solomon received a sermon and understanding and riches and honor to boot as long as he walked worthy. Why do we get so close to the line that we end up tripping over it? Solomon's life will be shortened if he failed to keep God's statutes and commandments like his father. That failure, a misstep or misuse, or probably just a plain miss, would change the country forever. Solomon's divided heart would lead to a divided kingdom. With that stipulation, Solomon's dreamy exchange with God ends. The next day, he heads back to Jerusalem to worship God before the Ark of the Covenant. It seems almost immediate that Solomon's newfound wisdom is tested. He's presented with a case of two prostitutes who are appearing before the king because each are charging the other with stealing their newborn child. Solomon must determine which woman is the rightful mother and does so by stating that the baby be cut in half. What you might expect coming from a ruthless king is actually an amazing perceptive pronouncement, knowing that the true mother would rather give up her child than see it slain. Solomon passed the test and put on display God's blessing of wisdom and affirmation of his choice as king. What confidence it must have given the people to know that their king had the wisdom of God. God confirms his work in us and what he has called us to publicly, not so people recognize you, but God in you as we live out the calling and confirmation of God in our lives. People want to be influenced and led by someone who has the wisdom of God. This brief look at the first few chapters of 1 Kings and the beginning of Solomon's reign provides us insight into how we must scrutinize our hearts to properly care for our kingdoms, the people that we get to influence in the life that God has given us. First, we must never forget that a divided heart leads to a divided kingdom. We may start off just one degree off course, but over time it ends up leading us toward a destination we had every intention of avoiding. Secondly, older doesn't mean wiser. We don't automatically grow into greater wisdom as we grow older. Idolatry is still possible as we age. The spiritual life is a marathon, not a sprint. A good start is necessary to finishing well, but not a guarantee. Thirdly, life lived apart from God will be meaningless, regardless of education, fulfilled goals, the greatest of pleasures, and the greatest abundance of wealth. We see that in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 2. As we see with Solomon, even the wisest heart is prone to succumb to its persuasion. As was the case with Saul and David before him, Solomon saw how his response to God's grace and his law determined his destiny. And it is really no different for us. What we have observed in Solomon's life can help us avoid those missteps, misuses, and just plain misses when it comes to handling the role God has called us to and keep us from a divided heart as we pursue what John MacArthur previously pointed out, the single most concentrated effort we'll carry out in our lives for the glory of God. Thanks so much for joining me on this journey, this special series on the Wisdom in All Things podcast as we looked at Solomon's life in 1 Kings chapters 1 through 11, those missteps, misuses, and just plain misses that we, well, want to avoid. You can listen to those podcasts and then read all about it as well at wisdominallthings.com. Thanks for listening to the podcast and telling others where you get wisdom in all things.